podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No! no! He's only gone and done it! He's only gone and done it! Are you serious? I wish I was a lightweight. Um, I would normally have to get through about uh, about half a bottle of vodka. I think Will's either burping or I'm not sure what he's doing. No, <laughs> sorry, the whiskey oat trunk is, is taking its toll. <laughs> Welcome along to the Cut to the Race podcast. I did it! Oh, Yay! what an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to the Cut to the Race podcast. We are the Formula Nerds. We have just been watching a heck of a race at the Nürburgring. Oh, God, I, I cannot wait to talk about this. And even more so because Johnny volunteered this week not to watch the race. And it wasn't like he was out doing things. He was sat at home. How did you do it? Honestly, did you do it? I, uh, <laughs> I had the responsibility of a one-year-old, so that helped quite a bit. But I also did not realize how many things I follow on social media that wants to give me results and updates from the race. So it's been, uh, it's been an analog type of morning here in uh, Orlando, Florida. I, I, I've got to say I'm impressed. I, I haven't yet volunteered to miss the race because I don't know if I could honestly do it. It's going to be a real struggle when it comes around to me. So um, that episode is going to be rubbish. Anyway, on the show today, um, we've taken in some feedback. So we haven't, we're going to rotate who we have. So you get a little bit of everything each week. As you know, we've got Johnny, the man who hasn't seen the race. Um, we've also got a bloke. I mean, there's not much more to say. I am just a bloke. <laughs> so... If you don't know these two already, so we've got Johnny. He creates, builds our website. He is the web man. Um, we've also just launched a Formula Nerd store, which Johnny has um, put together for us. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Will is the video man. Anything you see that moves, Will is responsible for it. And last but not least, we have got lovely Emma. What do you do, Emma? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a writer and a journalist, so I write about things that happen in Formula One for the nerd. Brilliant. And I just talk rubbish. That's my role. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, spend hours editing podcasts as well. Uh, but I am Ollie. Notice how um, none of us are disagreeing with you there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was like, just like, silence is golden. I desperately wanted someone to interrupt me, but thanks, guys, for your support. Well, I kind of feel like I am. So I talk a lot of rubbish as well. So I was like, ah, oh, but but if that's his thing, you know, we've got to let him let him have it. I mean, he's a Mercedes fan as well, so you you can't you can't be too cool. Thank you for everyone who listens, subscribes, enjoys the podcast. We love you. Thank you. Keep doing it. Spread the word. How we normally do our race reviews is we explain what's happened to the person that hasn't seen it. So, like I said, that's Johnny this week. I got so excited that I forgot to write notes for it. So, again, no, no, no I, don't, <laughs> I, I have. I have. I have. I have. So, <laughs> so this week you're going to have to remind me what happened because it was. Well, what what did you think of the race, Emma? I'm I'm going to be a bit controversial here, and I'm just going to say I didn't find it that exciting. <laughs> were you watching the right year? You weren't I, watching last year's, were you? No, I think what was that was actually happening. I'm trying not to give too much away uh, to Johnny at the moment, but as things were progressing, I was predicting how things were going to play out. And 
then when it actually did play out the way I thought it would, it wasn't really that exciting because I knew what was going to happen. So um, No, you didn't. No one knew what was going to happen in this race. I, well, I, I sort of did. As I was writing my notes, I was like, yeah, I think this will happen. And that, yeah, I, I was yeah. kind of predicting it. I'm not, I was I'm not, getting things right. I'm not so. buying it. I, I know what you mean, yeah. I, I mean, personally, so I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a, a kerfuffle, shall we say, a word that seems to crop up in my life far too often. Um, uh, went to my grandparents for a socially distanced meetup, you know, within six, all legal and everything. I got in my car thinking, great, going to go home, easily going to time it, loads of time. Um, no, uh, massive uh, mechanical issues, basically missed about a quarter of the race. So my day's been great. Um, but what I did see was was really good. I won't, I, I don't want to spoil it because I'm not actually that well versed to explain to Johnny everything that happened and, you know, do the race justice. But I thought it was great. Um, it was just the right amount of interesting drama and uh, on track changeable conditions and positions. It wasn't too taxing in the way that I think, um, oh gosh, uh, Magello was in the way that you had to really like focus to keep up what was going on. It was, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it actually. Well, Will, you weren't the only one with a mechanical issue today, but before we get on to that, Johnny, <laughs> you know what time it is. It's the point which I enjoy the most because we just bully the other American on our podcast, which is Matt, who's not here today either to defend himself. And each week we offer up his body for a Formula Nerds tattoo. If the person gets the top three correct. Yeah, and this is the week Matt gets tattooed. Um... So I've actually, I, I wrote down my guesses uh, this morning before the race started, uh, just in case I wasn't able to avoid news. So my first guess would be the uh, quote-unquote safe one. P1, Lewis, P2, Valtteri, P3, Max Verstappen. And, and what was your daughter's input just there? I didn't think she agreed with you. She said, no, 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 no. And she's right, because you were wrong. <laughs> in Russian hitman, in Russian hitman <laughs> accent as well. Right, okay. Russia was last week. Oh, dear. All right, so let's go with P1 Lewis, P2 Max, P3 Danny Rick. No! He's only oh, gone and done it. it. He's, He's only it. gone and done it. Are you serious? It. <laughs> Did I guess it? I've never seen anything it? like this before in my life. Oh no. my god! <laughs> That's sounds brilliant. Well, brilliant. Cyril Abitabul <laughs> is not the only one getting a tattoo this month. Oh my god! I've, I've, we are actually recording the video over this. We never posted anywhere, but. The look on Johnny's face just then was absolutely priceless. He couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. Matt, you're getting a tattoo of our Formula Nerds logo on I'm, your body. And, and to be fair, this wasn't actually one of the pre-written guesses. I just went off Emma's face. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Unbelievable. She didn't do anything to, to suggest Danny Rick. I mean, how on earth did you get that? But that's always Emma. If, if she gives any, any form of indication, it's Danny Rick some way, somehow. Did I or did I not tell Matt to book his tattoo time last, uh, yesterday on the chat? I actually think you did. I cannot wait to put together a little piece with what just happened, the message where Matt confirms that he's getting the tattoo, and then we're going to get Haley, who's his um, better half, to record the whole thing of his tattoo going 
all over his body. Should we let That's him decide where it goes? What, ha- what happens now? I never, I never thought this would happen. I haven't planned for this. I think- I'm, I'm baffled, lads. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been to many an occasion when things have gone off the trolley, and this is this has taken the biscuit. I, Jesus, wept in his cradle. I've no idea what to say. <sighs> I mean, Johnny, when we need to deliver a good podcast, Johnny comes along, and on his second guess, he didn't even need three. I, I, I really, I, I didn't it's, think you were going to get it. It's the so. Danish intelligence. Who wants to just start us off? Uh, let, let's talk about the, the start of the race. I saw a quick highlight. It seemed to be relatively standard at any rate. Um, uh, Albon uh, was lunging for positions quite quickly. He seemed to get a, a couple of locking up issues, uh, as did, I believe, I believe Sainz had a, a couple of issues. Um, nothing really much happened, as far as I could see. And then, uh, uh, am I correct in saying, somebody fill me in here, turn five, uh, lap five, things got a bit, a bit more interesting? You can tell Will is not a Mercedes fan, because he skipped out what was the most exciting thing this year for me, which was yeah. Bottas... <laughs> Fighting back. It was it was the return of the Bottas. Uh, Lewis and Bottas had probably really? the, the, the first bit of wheel-to-wheel action ever in history. And it was the first time that Bottas actually didn't just turn into a wet flannel. Hamilton challenged him for the lead and Bottas came out in the lead. So <clears throat> at the race start, Hamilton and Bottas really... Well, Hamilton challenged Bottas really hard for the lead. They both, well, Hamilton kind of pushed Bottas wide. They both kind of went off the track slightly. And they both, when they both came back on the circuit, Bottas was in front and he kept it. Um, so he managed to fight him off. So that's the same as every race that we've watched in this um, era of F1, apart from Bottas came out on top. Um, so fair play, Bottas. I don't often say it. I'm really, really glad that you took the lead at the beginning. Um one thing I did notice, and I, I put it into our chat when we were watching the race, was the cars looked so slow in sector one on the TV. It just looked like, I thought there was a safety car, you read yellow flags or something. It was the camera angle, surely, but it just looked awful. It was interesting. I, d- I don't know if it was, yeah, I, d- I don't know if it's the layout of the track and where they've got, like where they've got camera positions like placed along it, but it was, yeah, I noticed later on actually in the race, um, when we had some, after some events had occurred and people started to just, you know, really push for it. And I thought, oh, this is, this is odd. They look like they're still pootling around. Anyway, we'll get to that. I, I just want to say, uh, I think I posted it in our, our chat that this was the first track where I actually saw Formula One live. And we were sat at the end of the straight where they go through the Schumacher S and it come up to a 90 degree left-hand bend. I can guarantee you that track is not slow holy jeepers they come flying into that 90 degree and then the rubber band gets pulled and off they go throughout that uh let's call it a chicane even though it isn't um but i'm baffled that it looked slow yeah and and that's almost why why i said it i remember trying to get my dad to like formula one and we were watching bahrain you know the 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 in the middle of the track there's a really long straight then it goes back around again the camera was face on. It looked like the cars were all stopped virtually. And I just remember him saying as a non-F1 fan, why, why, aren't they, why aren't they driving very fast? And it annoys me when it doesn't look like it. Because like you said, Johnny, there's nothing slow about it. Ricardo took Albon, was that that one? Yep. <clears throat> Albon locked up um, and Ricardo took advantage. Um, so he managed to pull back a position uh, within the first lap. So at the, at the end of the first lap, you had Bottas, 
Hamilton, Verstappen, Leclerc, Ricardo, and Albon. That was your top six. Um, and it was all kind of pretty standard. You know, there was nothing happening at the back. There was no little scuffles. Nobody really went off. There was nobody binning it. Oh, John and Magnussen got round the first turn all right. Johnny, you'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> um, Brutal. And it all kind of just sort of settled down. But then like lap six, you had Leclerc was in fourth. And he was, it was just amazing because he was 14 and a half seconds behind Bottas, who was in the lead. So the Mercedes had pulled out a huge, huge gap within the first six laps. And he was 11.4 seconds behind Verstappen, who is in third. So there was a train behind Leclerc in fourth position. Um, and he was driving like really defensively, trying to, you know, because Daniel Ricciardo was behind him trying to get past. And Leclerc was just doing such a good job at just maintaining fourth position. We've another flashback to the, the days of old, Ferrari and Renault battling it out. I'm, I'm disappointed in us as a um, provider of F1 media. I, I've just reflected on something. I think we should stop everything that we do because we failed massively. We haven't actually mentioned Hulkenberg what, so far at all in this episode. When he replaced Perez uh, uh, in the, um, I think the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, was it? I might be, I think it was. Was it? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember we, I think we did a podcast or, or somebody was saying on the chat and I said, I, I think I said something along the lines of, well, you know, uh, you know, Hulkenberg. Okay, cool. It's all, I like the hype, but is he, is he really any good? You know what? Like he's not actually been offered a seat yet. So why don't we wait, et cetera, et cetera. But having seen his performance today and, and the genuine consistency, considering he got a phone call, what was it like less than, less than 48 hours before the race or something crazy and just went straight into this, into the car virtually. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's up there against people who've been there, not just for the whole season, but for years with those, those teams who are, you know, really well connected and they've kind of feel at home. And he's come again, straight in out of nowhere, uh, having probably been, you know, enjoying relaxing at his home or wherever it was. I can't remember. And seeing that kind of level of professionalism, I, I have hopes for him, actually. I think, actually, I'm kind of being converted. So he couldn't, I, I could see him making a return. He couldn't convert when he had a seat, but now he doesn't have a seat. He's delivering. And it's, I believe he was, he was doing um, some TV work as he got the call to, to come to the circuit. So just worth noting, he, his first session in that car, on that track, was qualifying, right? And, okay, I, I don't have it in front of me, but he, he was like two seconds behind everyone came in last. Fine. Which is fair. I mean, new car, relatively new car, a track that no one's driven in in this century. Um, I guess that's fair. I was disappointed. I mean, with all the hype, I was expecting him in a car that, that can do top five positions. I was expecting him to, to, to get up there and, and, and thoroughly thrash uh, Mr. Stroll's, uh, let's call it memory. All right. Well, he did in the end. He got there in the end. Let's take a quick pause. We're going to refill our glasses. I'm, I've got a nice uh, red wine here after my, my dinner this evening, my, my roast. Um, Emma, is your glass empty yet? What have you got? Yeah, I'll be able to down this in about two seconds, so I'll need to go for a refill. Okay, cool. Um, and Will, you poor soul, you've run out of amaretto before you even got going. I guess it's onto the whiskey for me. I lead a hard life. And Johnny, is it still, <laughs> what time is it in America? Because I think you said well, good morning a minute ago, didn't you? 
Did I? I probably did. It's uh, it's uh, twenty to two here in the afternoon, and uh, I'm on the Matt diet of carb friendly and budget friendly Michelob Ultras. <laughs> and everyone in England goes, "Oh, okay." Welcome back. Where did we get to, Emma? I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hand it straight over to you because you're the note taker today. Okay, we were, we were talking about lap six and how Leclerc was sitting in fourth and he was driving quite defensively to Ricardo behind him. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had uh, a little incident with Gojon, didn't we? We kind of thought he was a little bit injured in the car. This, I think this is the first time in the history of the sport, don't quote me, I didn't do my research, but this has got to be the first time that anyone's broken a finger driving an F1 car or thought they broke a finger driving an F1 car. When they said it, I was like, what? I can see okay. Will's face. Oh, no. I, 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 need, I need to hear this. What happened? So, Grosjean of all people, this was as well. Team Radio, Emma, tell the story. Oh, so, sorry, you were about to have a drink, a little drink there and I just threw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'll put the rum down. Um, yeah, so ahead of them, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle with Raikkonen and Russell. And Raikkonen kind of, kind of threw up some gravel and the gravel came flying into Grosjean's cockpit at about 200 kilometres an hour and smacked him on the knuckles. And then on team radio, he actually came over to team radio and said he thought he'd broken his finger because it was so, so sore. Um, and he actually, um, because of the, the, the temperature as well, it was really cold in Germany. So it would have felt even, even more painful in the cold. Believe me, I'm from Scotland. I know what it's like in the winter. So <laughs> he thought he had broken his finger, but when he was interviewed after the race, he said he'd just sort of bruised his knuckles. Um, but yeah, it, was, it, was, it looked quite dangerous, yeah. Bless him. He, he, he was concerned and he was saying that he was struggling to drive because of it. Um, then he just turned into a, a, a brave, brave boy and just got on with it. But I, I, I thought, oh my God. Im- imagine that. Imagine that though. Your number one tool in that car, well, maybe besides your feet and brain, all of a sudden you think one of it is, is broken and oh boy. I think Will's either burping or I'm not sure what he's doing. No, <laughs> sorry, the whiskey oat trunk is, is taking its toll. <laughs> yeah, I told you, you shouldn't drink it. It's like, oh, what? Dear. Sorry, I will, f- we, we need to make sure that we link this with the clip where Will said, oh, I'll drink half a bottle of vodka just to get me going. And he's had one. <laughs> That's not a lie. I'm not joking. I'm being legitimate. It's just that it's late in the day. Okay, leave it out. It's not even 7pm, but okay at the time of recording. Um, the gravel did... <laughs> can't take you seriously. What are the listeners going to think of me, mate? I'm not... Uh, uh, what, what, people are going to be listening to going, yeah, oh, that, that Emma girl, she really knows her stuff and Ollie seems to know how to work it. Johnny's got a good idea of F1, but what is that Will kid doing? Oh, my God, he's a complete nightmare. Gee, blastered every episode. That's all he does. <laughs> That's why I don't understand what's going on in F1. That's why I call myself a normal bloke. It's to cover the fact that I'm completely drunk every time and don't understand how any of this works. It's all bluff. Brilliant. Just like me then. Oh, dear. (laughs) 
uh, when we record this, we'd have our videos on, by the way. And Emma laughing her ass off is making me laugh now. So I need to look at a different screen whilst I'm doing this. But we were talking about gravel before we got into Will um, slurring all over the podcast after one sip of whiskey. Um, so gravel did cause a bit more problems, didn't it? I'm sure it did some damage to someone's car, but maybe we want to cover that later. I don't have any note of that, so... I thought it was the reason for a certain retirement, but let's carry on. So, Gosen got hit in the finger, thought he'd broken it, but got on with it. Then what happened, Emma? Do you want a quick sip first, or do you want to to go? No, 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 I can can carry on. So, friend a bit lappy, so Albon then pitted because he massively flat-spotted his tyres. He went into the pits, and he came out on a a fresh set of medium tyres. But it started just to kind of, like slow down a bit, all kind of settle down and we were just in for a little bit of of racing here. So going to lap nine, you've got Ricardo versus Leclerc. So Ricardo actually fought a little bit with Leclerc um, and then sent it around the outside and then Ricardo was up to fourth on lap nine. He started in P6 and by lap nine, he was in P4. And were you on your fifth run by then? No, I was just permanently smiling by this point because I was like, oh my God, he actually could get a podium today. Um, so yeah, I was I was kind of, you know, getting quite excited by this point and I was sitting there trying to work out all the strategies and everything thinking, oh my God, he could actually do this. But there was one other driver who could have stolen the podium from Ricardo today and that was Sergio Perez. Um, he did a, an amazing job in the racing point and he was always behind Ricardo. He was there. Um, so, you know, Ricardo had to really keep him behind as well because Perez wanted that podium too. So then our friend Leclerc pitted, didn't he? Um, was that, that was around the same time I, I've, I seem to recall. Lap 12. By lap 12, you had Albon and Leclerc had pitted. Um, Vettel. Vettel had a little bit of a spin, didn't he? You It's not being good for our favourite German, is it? Oh, dear So, me. last night, we, we did a little thing on our Facebook group, which was, share all the songs that remind you of F1. And one that came up was a, a compilation video of Vettel spinning to... And he did it not once in this race, but twice! It's a shame, isn't it? I mean... Going on, I think uh, it came up in the in the latter stages of the race. Uh, what I was seeing was a backing up, uh, like of, uh, and you can see it in the final le- leaderboard results. And it's it's all of the uh, all of the Ferrari customer teams, and then the actual Ferrari team themselves. So for any fans out there like myself or Matt, who's our head of personnel here at Formula Nerds, who was thinking, oh, or maybe Ferrari might get something back. No, it proves once and for all they have got no clue in hell about aero the fact that the Haas and the Alfa Romeos that they supply engines to are, are, are going faster uh, uh, what is what is this season I tell you what yeah, it is do you feel good about that well that was a bit of a rant there do you feel good about that sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that I just he literally put his hand down didn't he he went ah Lay, lay back in his chair after he had said it. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here because Leclerc is doing things that shouldn't be possible. And I, I've never been a Ferrari fan. I've always been a Hamilton fan, to be honest with you, since the early days. However, I had said today, I admitted it, I'm becoming a bit of a Leclerc flamboy. Flamboy? Fanboy. 
<laughs> Flamboy is something very different. They're people who bake large tarts with jelly on and give them to favourite drivers. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm not dis- like, I'm not trying to take away from his very impressive driving, uh, managing to climb the order in, in a car that shouldn't manage it. But what I what I mean is seeing all of the customer teams and then Vettel, you know, down the order. It really, it, I mean, it kind of highlighted. I agree. Uh, Charles's abilities but I felt I don't know I just felt like maybe it, it proves that the the product that he's having to he and Seb are having to work with is is really so far from everyone's estimations even though we all know it's bad it might be even worse no but if you put a good great driver like Leclerc who's on fire at the moment he's got the buzz right you then got Vettel <laughs> spinning off twice literally by his own driver error and and i can't even remember where he finished it was so irrelevant in the end um but you you can clearly see there's two different things that you can do with that car in my opinion yeah then we get into the debate though don't we that uh that ferrari are probably prioritizing um the the you know the, the the efforts of their team and their mechanics for charles's car i mean i'm you know uh sort of thinking back to the video i made uh, uh, or dispute, you know, talking about the power structure at Ferrari, a video you can find on all of our social media channels. Um, and, I don't think you can uh, anymore, but okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, for certain. Uh, no, I think you might be able to. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, um, and uh, and I wonder if the fact that Charles is doing better is not, is, I mean, is not just because he is a better driver, but actually, like you've just said, it's because he's happier. Ferrari are taking care of him. They're prioritising him in a way that they haven't for Seb because they know that he's moving on. And also, from a, a brutal standpoint, Sebastian hasn't contributed very much to the team, or at least in their eyes. Um, and so they're probably, they don't really care. I, I would agree with Will to some extent there. I mean, this is Ferrari. It's a shame that Matt isn't on the podcast because, you know, he can't even defend Ferrari here, but I'm sure he would agree with us. You know, this is Ferrari we're talking about. They have Leclerc, who is a young, talented driver. He's doing things with that Ferrari that a four-time world champion can't even do. Now, you wonder, is it because they put better things on Leclerc's car than what they have with Vettel's, just because they know that you know Vettel's not in contention for any really major points in the championship? Um you know, and he's leaving Ferrari. Maybe the you know relationship isn't quite good with Vettel, so they're putting all of their efforts into Leclerc. But yeah, I think with Vettel, I think it's just he is leaving the team. You know, it's he, you've got to have some motivation to get into that Ferrari every race weekend and try and drive it for you just to finish consistently outside of the points. That's got to be really hard. I've got to say that, 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 that there were some really good points there. And, and finally, it may have taken half an hour, but we got to our first proper bit of F1 content in the end. Um, so we, we could talk about that all day, but I'm also conscious that we've only got just past, you know, lap 10. So um, let's talk about some, some key, key things that started to happen here, because I, looking at what I'm looking at, it was only a few laps later that the unexpected happened. Are you talking about lap 13 by any chance? Was it, was it lap 13? Oh, that is absolute class. <laughs> so do you want to take this one, Ollie, since it's Mercedes related? 
No, because I'm not, I'm not really a massive fan of Bottas, so I'm going to say it in, in a probably unfair way. So I'm going to let our resident journalist, who is always fair to all people, loves them all the same, apart from one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lance, she loves Lance Stroll. Yeah, she gives him such a, a wide berth. Defo, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Emma will no be problem. more Can't fair here. Without grit and mad teeth. <laughs> but in, in our Formula Nerds oh, okay. group chat, um, me and Callum were like, yes, but um, what happened? Yeah, so um, lap 13 Bottas, so uh, he, he locked up, came off the circuit. Hamilton takes the lead. And all of a sudden, Hamilton is in front by 1.6 seconds. So he manages to pull out nearly a two-second gap within like half a lap. So I'm thinking, something's not quite right here with Bottas. And sorry um, to cut in here, but I just need to make a note to Sky, uh, not Sky actually, F1's directors who, who, who choose which camera angles to show at the time. Your because we didn't see this happen, right? What we saw was... All of a sudden, oh my God, Lewis is in front by two seconds. With no idea why. And that's because they were looking at some bloke sitting in the pit lane doing nothing. Continue. Hey, don't, hey, don't call them, don't call them I would love a job there. And I think they've got a, a hard job. You know, I could probably do it better, which is why um, they, they should employ me in the future. But that's, you know, we give them some, give them some credit, guys. Come on now. That was their They're first mistake of really the day. hard. That was their first mistake. They made a few today, but... Um, so something magical happened. We didn't know how. Um, so yeah, the Mercedes decided to to pit Bottas, and I honest, I honestly thought because he was complaining of a few issues, um, loss of power, that sort of thing. Um, I honestly thought they were going to retire the car uh, there and then, but they actually pitted him, put him out on a, a fresh set of tires, and um, yeah, away he went again. Um, so yeah, I actually thought they were going to retire him there and then due to a power issue, but they, they, they put a fresh, fresh set of tyres on him and sent him on his way. And he couldn't blame a bee this time because it was not the weather for it in Germany, is it? So um, <laughs> I have been searching whilst you were just saying this bit. I was looking, has Bottas commented on it or made an excuse for it, but he hasn't. So we're, we're, we will write an up feature of Bottas's newest excuse when we get it. Well, <clears throat> so far it sounds like I missed quite... Uh... Quite a good race. I can't wait to watch it. Um, that would be surprising, though. Almost two seconds in half a lap. Even, even for Lewis, that's, that's, that's a lot. So on lap 14, saw Russell sort of limping around the track, and it looked as if he had a bit of a suspension problem. F1 missed um, this content as well. Directors, change, yeah. new director. We had to watch for the replays to find out exactly what had happened. Watch for the onboard footage. Raikkonen locked up. He lost the rear and he took out George Russell and he punted him in the air. The car, like his car was in the air and he landed. It was, it was awful to see, but it, it, what happened was it brought out a virtual safety car just to get Russell's car off the track. Um, and then Russell was the first, uh, first retirement of the race, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, just a question on that. Raikkonen later got penalised for it, yeah. But I, I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, right, okay. It just looked like he just lost it. You know, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't like he took an unnecessary risk. But when they, re then when they replayed the onboard footage, 
he loses the rear so obviously you then steer to correct that so he literally just drove full lock into Russell and Russell took off so on board it looks completely intentional right it, it, it was quite interesting when I saw that I was like oh, okay yeah maybe you should get penalty the movement of the car it kind of looked as if you know when you're in the car and you not that I've, I've ever ever attempted this but when you do a handbrake turn the we'll sort of movement of the car to, to impress it, the ladies <laughs> <laughs> guys please don't do that it really doesn't impress us <laughs> oh, oh but it does top gear said that it, it no, did it in does. one of their episodes oh, so it must do when i got my new car i made sure that it had a manual handbrake not one of these bloody e-brakes that you can only put on when you're stopped right just so i could do handbrake turns i thought it would impress all the ladies i hope my fiance is not listening i love you continue <laughs> brilliant ollie <laughs> It doesn't impress us at all. At all. Uh, that's what they say, though. That's what you want us to think. Yeah, we know the truth. Hard to get. Playing hard to get. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Kimmy got a penalty for it. On board, it looked as if, you know, if you looked at the steering wheel, it looked as if it, you know, it was intentional. But when you actually look at the movement of the car, I, I honestly don't think there was a huge amount he could have done to try and counteract the way his car was going. I think either way he was going to hit Russell. Then something else crazy happened, which we weren't expecting. We suddenly see... Kevin made it into the top 10. (laughs) I I actually think... Hold on. Did he? Uh, He he, he did. He did at one point. He did at one point in the race. Emma's checking her notes. (laughs) In front of me, I have the telemetry where I can see the entire race in a graph. So I can see that Kevin at some point got there. How he got there, I can't remember, but I can see it happened. Um, Brilliant driving. Brilliant driving. We had both Hasses in the point, but let's get to that because something else happened just before that to Mercedes. Oh, no. The racing gods struck again. What happened, Emma? Well, during the virtual safety car, you had Hamilton and Verstappen pitted. And when they came back out, Bottas was 11 seconds behind Verstappen. So Bottas was quite a far bit back. And then we had the, when, the, when we had the green flag, um, there was an incident with Albon and Kvyat. Yeah, which was all Albon's fault. I don't care what anyone says. I completely agree. <laughs> Albon I just, I'm just going to try and describe this as easy as I can for Johnny So it was Albon and Kvyat Yes, yes, the torpedo So this time, torpedo went straight off Through the grass, came back on the track But he, he got torpedoed for the first time Which was by Albon Albon was going to overtake him Because he was obviously just come back on the track And then he just, he sideswiped him Like, like when you're on the motorway And someone's annoyed you And you want them to have to brake is that what is that the verdict here? A bit of karma for Kvyat? <laughs> no one, no one had anything to say then. <laughs> Literally, everyone's like, yeah. Matt, Matt would have jumped to my defense there, but uh, cheers, guys. Albon took off the entire front wing of Kvyat. Right, one swipe, bosh, the whole thing gone. Just as they were going onto the start finish straight, so obviously he couldn't go into the pits. But Albon, to the best of my knowledge, didn't have one scratch from that no he didn't even get a puncture or anything it was his rear wheel he just he was overtaking Kvyat and he just what he wasn't all the way past Kvyat before he pulled back over to the racing line so it was his it was the rear of the car that took the front wing off of Kvyat yeah and he he came out without a scratch and the car was absolutely fine it was really it was amateur you could that that was him showing his age to be honest it just wasn't it wasn't very good. Did he get penalised for that? I, I can't remember what happened. 
No, I think, to be honest with you, I think he was going to get penalised and then obviously lap 25 further on, he, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. I can <laughs> certainly see some inconsistencies here with the way that the marshals are handing out, sorry, the, the way that the, the stewards are handing out penalties to different drivers on the grid, depending on who they are. Cool. Oh, here we go, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> come on. All Not I'm really saying sorry, is... Oh, sorry. All I'm, Why are they giving Lewis a penalty? Listen, oh, Albon turned into torpedo, ruined a guy's race, took his front wing off, but some guy, he, he doesn't he, he does practice... Anyway, don't start me off. Emma, what happened next? Yeah, but, but this guy is 59 seconds a lap quicker than anyone else, so he can take the 10-second penalty and still win it by a mile. Preach it, brother! Didn't, yes. didn't, didn't anyone ever teach you that everyone is equal? Everyone, I'm not getting onto that subject, by the way. But all I'm saying I is, I live in America, mate. <laughs> Here's me desperately trying to say what happened next, so that we can we can um, improve the, the quality the of our content. Uh, Emma, <laughs> what happened next? Okay, so pretty much straight after that, Bottas started losing power, and then all of a sudden he, he was slowing down, and then all of a sudden Norris and Perez just literally sail past him. And he kept kind of going down the order. And I was like, oh, my God. That, that was the moment. That was the moment for me when I, I just knew Danny Rick was going to be on the podium. That was, that was the moment because he, Danny Ricardo had pitted by that point, but everybody else in front of him was, was yet to pit. And then Bottas um, was obviously going down the order with a power issue. And Bottas had to retire the car. And that's when I knew Danny Rick was going to get a podium. Tony's like, listen, I don't need to know the rest. Just get the tattoo sorted, all right? Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yep, so Bottas. I'm just happy for Emma. Rick Ricciardo <laughs> finally got on the podium in, uh, in that French... Uh, I'm desperately happy for F1 fans that Mercedes finally had a, a technical issue this season and gave someone else a it's chance. Rare. It is yeah, very it's, rare. It's, it's, it's rare and... I feel kind of bad for, for Valtteri that it happens to him, though, because his mm. season is, is tough enough as it is. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was some, first. Uh, some humanity in the driving gods. It means that Lewis will have probably a failure or a DNF probably next race. But also Valtteri did earn that lead. So it was a bit, it, you know, I, I did feel for him as well. Yeah. It was the first time where and, and he fought for it. He he's been show, like all season as well. He's been kind of he's been right up there. And when when he um when he won in Austria, um and every, you know and people started to you know mutterings were going around saying you know oh maybe he's going to start you know fighting back properly, and then we saw him kind of lapse into you know usual you know kind of usual duties pretty soon after. So seeing like just seeing the replays today and seeing how quick he was off the line as well. I you know I agree with Johnny. It was it was exciting, and you thought maybe there's going to be a turn up for the books. And, you know, and we didn't get that. But going back to what, you know, Emma's so gleeful about when Danny Rick finally crossed the line, I have to say, and I don't normally say this, but I did, lee, I did let out quite a, quite a big old cheer and uh, probably annoyed some neighbours, but never mind. It was a great finish for, for the young Australian, really pleased. So I move that, that to the end of the review, Will, or should we just end it now? <laughs> oh, sorry. I know, I know. I've got, no, it's, I, it's, so, I'm, uh, I just care. We're, it's, I mean, uh, it's a 50-lap race, so we're currently on, what, lap 20 at the moment? No, we haven't even made a lap 20. Six-hour podcast. Right. Cool. It's not my fault that you lot decided I was good for this company, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, okay. Let's just have a quick recap on where we've got to. If I've understood everything correctly, because I didn't write the notes. 
Bottas started in the lead, held it, he deserved it. Um, you've then got all sorts happening behind, which we've covered. However, Bottas then has a serious failure out of the race. Retired, bosh, finished. Lap 20, you had um, Norris, Perez and Ricardo all fighting for podium places here. So Norris was currently in third, Perez was in fourth, but Daniel Ricardo was in seventh. Norris and Perez hadn't pitted yet. Um, Ricardo had. So when they pitted, Ricardo would have leapfrogged them up to a podium place. Just then as well, that's when Raikkonen was hit with a 10-second time penalty for his collision with Russell. So then in lap 25, Albon retired. For some reason, I didn't actually write down why. Gravel. That was was the gravel. I'm sure of it. Um, That was the gravel. That might have been that issue. Quick Google search. There's another another guy I feel bad for. um, And and we shouldn't because these guys are professional racers and just freaking perform. But I do feel bad for him. He's, He's in a tough place, Albon. No, well, I, I, I'm almost scared to touch on this because I feel like we talk. It's such a talking point that we discuss every week. But who's his arch nemesis? Gasly. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been compared constantly against Gasly, hasn't he? Right. And they were having a bit of a battle again in this race. And in my opinion, before he retired, Gasly had the better racecraft and perform better again. And this isn't the first time I know Albon, poor Albon. He doesn't get the same treatment Max does. Fine. Okay. I appreciate that. I love Albon. I think he's a great guy, but he's being outclassed continuously. And okay. It wasn't his fault today for the DNF. It was the fault of the um, gravel of the Nürburgring. We believe I, I think his time is very limited. I agree. I agree. It is limited. Um, but I don't think uh, if he's had 10, 10 accidents or 10 DNFs, I don't think he's uh, guilty of all of them. Um, no, no, uh, certainly, but, certainly not. But there, there's no place for, for sentimentality in Formula One, so off you go. Okay. It is, yeah, it is a business at the end of the day, isn't it? And as much as we as, I mean, as much as we as fans have, you know, the emotion and the passion to, you know, to support the underdogs and all that kind of thing, if someone like Albon you know, consistently has a bad year. Kind of, I think, regardless of luck, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna find himself maybe out of a seat. What I, what I wonder about, and you were saying earlier, you were saying a minute ago, Ollie, about Gasly, um, is that when, when we saw Gasly in that Red Bull seat with Max, he didn't perform. Um, and I know that Albon, I mean, Albon has got a podium to his name. Good, fair play to the lad, but. You know, but is that is it that realistic that Gasly is going to take over his seat again? He's done really well at, at Toro Rosso. He seems to enjoy the setup um, and seems to work m- much better with, uh, I would assume, a kind of less high-pressured environment than Red Bull. So, I don't know. I, I, I could see Albon getting kicked out. I, I personally just think he might be, I don't know, he could well be replaced, but with somebody like, like Hulkenberg, who's shown really good promise early on, um, or, or even, I don't know, even someone younger to, 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 to act as another academy driver like a Schumacher or Callum Eilert, who's being touted at the moment. For the listeners, Johnny fully disagreed with um, Hulkenberg going to Red Bull. But actually, it was mentioned a few times today that that isn't uh, you know, out, out of this world. But Will, I think you may, have, you may have just changed my opinion on all of this. When was the last time Red Bull had a good number two driver? Was it Weber? Um, fiercely competitive number two driver now I think mm. about it 
is red is the Red Bull team structure just a problem? It's not the second drive. Uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that at all. I mean, we talk a lot about, don't we? We talk a lot about Mercedes and the fact that they've got a clear one-two system with Lewis and, and Valtteri. And we also talk about, you know, how Ferrari have got that system. Maybe as 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 critic as critics, which is ultimately what we are in, in one form or another of F one, we should we should look at Red Bull in that way. Because often I think because their team's still relatively young comparatively to a lot of other teams, and because they're kind of like the like this sort of energetic kind of oh what are Red Bull gonna do sort of uh, random crazy guys, we don't maybe appreciate that they do have a lot of these traditional structures in place. Christian Horner is a very shrewd man. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's been in motorsport for a long time. So I, I would agree with you, mate. I think evidently Verstappen has got that number one seat down pat. We've seen it with uh, Kvyat, who was, um, let, let's put it politely, pretty hopeless. We've seen it with Gasly, who didn't have a great time, and we've and we and we're currently seeing it with Albon. Um, so I don't know. What, I don't know what the future for those guys is, uh, and that's a sad thing. But evidently, Red Bull do have that sort of structure in place. I think all the Red Bull drivers. Well, you have got Albon, you've got Gasly. Kvyat, they've literally all been in that seat and none of them can really, they can't perform to the same level as Max Verstappen. So it's, I just don't think they've got the calibre of driver that can really challenge Max Verstappen. I think he's like, it's a term that you use in uh, MotoGP. I don't know if you ever watch MotoGP. They've got like a, these group of riders at the very, very front of the grid and they call them the aliens because they are just literally on an absolute another planet compared to everybody else on the bikes behind them. And I think Red Bull have got that um, sort of structure. They've got Max Verstappen, who is a consistent performer. He's an absolute superstar in that car, but they do not have another driver that can challenge him. They've tried three, and none of them can challenge him for points. Yeah, and I, I think that's got to um, knock the confidence of, a, of any driver that gets into that team to sit next to Verstappen, Verstappen as a teammate. I, I, again, I, may, I think I've changed my opinion. Maybe, maybe you are right. I was just trying to look at the other side of it, that maybe it's, you know, Albon didn't get there because he was rubbish. He's obviously a good driver. Gasly didn't get there because he was rubbish. He's obviously a good driver. He's proving it now. He's not with Red Bull. But at the end of the day, Max Verstappen should, should in my opinion, already be a world champion, you know, um, from what from the from his racecraft, he's had some terrible luck with Red Bull. If if it was a level playing field, he would already be a world champion. Bosh, I'm just going to leave that there. No, I I, I totally agree, and I think the, I mean you, Emma, you mentioned just now, yeah, about the kind of all of the drivers being given a fair shot. I wonder if actually what we've what we've been seeing and not really appreciating in in all of its detail from Red Bull over the years is that the drivers they're putting in to to kind of partner. In a in a way, Max Verstappen um, have all been chosen very carefully, actually, because they know that they are young talents who seem to be a realistic, you know, realistic hope of point point scorers. But they know that they're not going to challenge Max, and they can, you know, they can kind of fill that seat with somebody and think, right, we're we're, we're focusing about about Verstappen. Let's have somebody who can kind of hold up the pack a bit, who will look like they're doing something interesting, but who will, I, I don't know, slow slow the rest of the field down in a weird kind of way. I'm not really sure how to quantify it or. or give you guys a, a workable metaphor but that that seems to me why they're why they're choosing such a weird well not a weird it, it, it's putting all your eggs in one basket that's yeah, the metaphor. yeah. Then you're sort of like that then in, in that way the media 
then turn on that and they say, oh, you've got drivers who aren't performing because they're up against Verstappen. But when mm. you put all of those drivers into an Alpha Tauri, they've all done really, really well in the sister team. They really have. But then you put them into that Red Bull next to Verstappen and it looks like they're rubbish. It really does yeah, look that way. That, if, I was, if I was an upcoming driver in F1, Red Bull would be very attractive seat for you. But if you... You know, they must know the inner workings a lot better than us, but actually you're doomed. If I've you just had another seat. thought, which, which is starting to make more sense. Everybody, we all, I've just been banging on about how, you know, Bottas is trying to, you know, challenge for points and he's, he's, he's doing really well for Mercedes, right? I reckon uh, if Max Verstappen uh, had the level of car that, that Bottas has, the, the sort of reliability and the, and the pure power, um, we would be looking at a... a much much tighter battle because arguably you could say what if you put Bottas let's let's say for the sake of argument in in the second Red Bull seat I still think actually going back to what you said Emma about uh, MotoGP I think Verstappen is actually so so much better than any of us even probably realise that that Bottas just couldn't keep up with him because even if they allocated the same resources and were fair in all of their deliberations and distributions, we, we he's, he's still got that talent, which is something I've not been very willing to say because I try not to overhype drivers on the whole, Lando Norris excluded. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's incredible. We're just looking at the stats and the video that I made recently about him and and, and, and taking time to appreciate the, 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 the level of talent there. It's, it's unbelievable. In my opinion, it's, it's the, the only thing standing in Max Verstappen's way is Mercedes. That's it. That's, that's my opinion. The only thing stopping him becoming a world champion is Mercedes. I, I totally agree. And if we think back to the sort of the Mercedes team, uh, Lewis's last teammate was Rosberg. He was a sort of average driver and average teams put up to, to be Lewis's number two. Uh, God, people are going to hate me for saying that, but... That's probably mm, how yeah. it is. Does I think that's a fair point. Sorry, just tell me if you do. No, I'm not a Rosberg um, fan. Then you so, look at... Yeah. No, no, ne- neither am I. I, I yeah, I'll for sure, yeah, right for, sure but, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But he wasn't, put in, he wasn't the best driver on the grid. And if you look at Bottas, no offence, he's a great guy and he gets hit by bumblebees. It's unfortunate. But the thing is, when... He was Williams' driver a few years ago, right? He's never been the star of the show. He's not at Mercedes to be the star of the show. He's there to be a consistent performer. What Red Bull aren't doing, I've suddenly got all passionate about this, but what Red Bull aren't doing is getting the consistent performer part right. They're just going, oh, it's all about uh, Max Verstappen. Exactly. So I've, I, I'm currently... Uh... Uh, editing a uh, why we should stop hating Lewis Hamilton video, and in that I've been work- I've been doing lots of research, and um, and actually what I've come to realise, and this fits in really nicely with what you've just said about Verstappen, is that um, uh, very uh, when we think about sort of star drivers, we think when people say, "Oh, Max Verstappen, he's a star driver," and everyone al- al- almost immediately thinks about how he's kind of funny in press conferences, but he's very serious and he's just kind of a nice guy. And then we think about the other star driver, Lewis Hamilton. And people go, oh, I don't, don't really like him or oh, I like him because he's British. What we're forgetting is the reason those guys are touted as the stars for their respective teams isn't necessarily because of their personality. It's because of their pure skill. And so arguably, although Valtteri Bottas has been consistent, I would say that uh, regardless of his personality, it's the performance that's letting him down. And that, I think that you, goes for a lot of the other drivers. You've, you've well, you've said star driver. That, that's it, right? Lewis from the first day in F1 has been the star driver. Yeah. He's always been the star driver. So has Max Verstappen, right? 
you look at Bottas, he, he hasn't always been, has he? Right? This is a revolution we've just uncovered here. It, well, for me, anyway. Someone should be paying uh, this. Maybe I just have not looked at the obvious, but wow, what a digression that is. When Bottas does really well, everyone's like, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that great? Oh, and let's pat like, him on the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's really good because Bottas is such a nice guy. But in Formula One, when you're on that track, you cannot be nice. He's not nice. He's just not, he's just not a, a wanker. He's not overtly ignorant and, and, and sort of, what's the word? He doesn't wear uh, stupid arrogant. shirts. He doesn't push people. He he doesn't he just doesn't do anything wrong. But it- he's finished. And and I, I hate to generalize an entire <laughs> country, but growing up in Scandinavia, I have met my fair share of Finns, and he is as finished as they come. Just like Kimi Raikkonen is is not you know uh, loudmouth and 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 you know I I love his press conferences when he'll just say yes to a complex question, but that <laughs> that's that is my experience of the Finnish people. That doesn't make them superstars. But Kimi was a star. Yeah, true, true. I feel was. like Kimi was only a star though because Ferrari pushed him to that to that extent. Uh, you know, they they're kind of the the show team, or they were in those days, weren't they? You know, you 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 tried to get there you know as the pinnacle of your career and so i think he would have been a star regardless uh, and, and johnny uh, you i don't know I, d- I doubt any of our listeners will, will criticize you for, for, for generalization but it's but it's true i've been reading a book about um I, i'm kind of quite a history buff uh the finns held at bay the entire russian army during the second world war right it wasn't because they ran around going oh look at us we're crazy men and macho boys it's because they lay in the snow and shot them very carefully right that's right. exactly the same sort of policy that uh, and, and, and mental attitude that is, is has proved so successful for Raikkonen and has, is proving mildly successful for Bottas. They're calculating, they're really, really focused and driven. And I think that's probably why he isn't a star is because, you know, let's be honest, most media that covers F1 is is, is West is very westernised and focused on the big image, which is something Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Phil, to the, to like tick all the boxes of crazy characters in one way or the other and 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 and, and Raikkonen and and, uh, and Bottas are just good drivers and that doesn't sell papers if anything on this podcast has offended you please email info at formulanerds.com do not write it on iTunes and please always use the correct email address no no we need to cut to the race hey what I was about <laughs> to say is I think we were doing a, a, a race review before we got Sorry. into the yeah. in-depth psychology of teams, the but drivers. But it's so interesting. But this is what makes us the top 50 uh, F1 podcast out there is uh, we're all scatterbrained and uh, one mention of a fin takes us on a 20-minute history lesson by <laughs> Will, sorry, which guys, was sorry. spot on, Will. It was spot on. It was. I'm going to find the bottom-rated F1 podcast, right, and have a listen to it because... If, if there's anyone more scattered and disorganized than us, I will shake their virtual hand during lockdown. That's our charm. We scatter brains and then brilliant Emma. It's, it's perfect. I'm not brilliant when I've had a drink. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had a sip of your drink for a good few minutes, I've noticed. I know, but, I've been too busy listening to this. So right, anyway. Emma, this is yes. an instruction from your podcast host. Have a sip of that drink and then take us back to... So Albon retired on lap 25 and then Ocon retired. He had a suspected hydraulic issue, quite quickly was was, was out of the race. Um, so then we had Ocon, Bottas and Albon all retired 
Um, you know, Ocon, Ocon and Bottas retired from um, reliability issues. Albon, we think it was the gravel. Um, so your top 10 is Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris, Perez, Sainz, Ricardo, Gasly, Leclerc. Ninth position, Hulkenberg. And in 10th position, Johnny, you'll love this, Grosjean. Yes. <laughs> He took he took the Mario Kart shortcuts or the Grosjean gullies, as we like to call them here, uh, inspired by a different podcast. But uh, that's for another show. Emma, you've just said Norris was in what P three? Yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Did we skip? Did we miss that bit? No, I think it was just through um, like um, Bottas, Bottas retiring. Um, Which he and then he hadn't he hadn't had his pit stop yet, but then obviously on on lap twenty six he came over to Team Radio and said he was starting to lose power. Now he had just had a brand new oh. power unit put into that car, and he was losing power. And the team seemed to thought it was maybe a sensor issue, so they were instructing him how to try and fix the problem. And he was busy pressing buttons on his steering wheel to try and sort out this issue. Um, in the meantime, Ricardo was closing in on Carlos Sainz. Um, so you had Norris, Perez and Sainz had still hadn't pitted yet. And Ricardo was only 1.7 seconds behind. So he was starting to close in on the three drivers in front of him. Um, and then in lap 29, Sainz and Perez pitted. Ricardo ended up in fourth. He was only eight seconds behind Norris. But the issues that Norris was having kept getting worse and worse. Um, and um, he he then pitted for some tyres. Um, and then he came back out and Norris came back out behind Ricardo and Ricardo was in fourth. Norris was in fifth. That was basically the end of Norris's race pretty much there, wasn't it? I mean, the whole... Yeah. Um, the Twitter under-18s that like F1 were wild at this point. You had Norris. I mean, my Norris fan book group crashed my phone, man. It was like all of these young girls going, woo! And I'm not going to lie. I was like, whoa, it's a British driver doing well. That's not Lewis. Fantastic, right? Norris in third. Brilliant. But it, it just it, it didn't last long, did it? Just to clarify, you don't have to be a teenage girl to like Lando Norris. Some people who like him are well-educated and very dapper-dressed blokes. Yeah, let's just get that straight. Well, have you been on Twitter lately? No, actually, that's true. I try to stay yeah. off it as much as possible. Yeah, if you're a Norris fan, yeah. Norris ended up having to retire the... Cu- no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, you've killed it. Oh. Uh, sorry. Oh. No. My heart just broke all over again. Oh. It was kind of Neil. going that direction anyway. You sort of knew, yeah. Okay, That's well, like when you get dumped and you don't know it's going to happen. That's what you just uh, did. I, I hate I, when you get dumped. Oh, yeah. Having, having, having to have a relationship in the first place to get dumped. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never been dumped. I'm Let's just, just uh, oh, Tinder Will and, and, and Player Johnny here. Right, <laughs> Emma, cut to the race. Lap 31, you've got Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo. Top three. Leclerc's in fourth, Norris fifth, Perez sixth, Gasly seventh, Signs in eighth, Giovanazzi's in ninth. Who's in ninth? Giovanazzi. Yeah, That's who's... mention number three of the season. Yeah. Well done, Giovanazzi. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's peaking right now. 
<laughs> oh, he peaks more and more as we go on. I think he's a podcast oh, listener. Brilliant. He's so, like yeah. a, a fine Italian wine. Uh, he gets a better uh, the older he gets. Uh, flawless <laughs> accent. He might be like a five ninety nine bottle of wine, but anyway. Um, <laughs> he's currently on offer at uh, the cooperative. You are good with the food. A uh, very uh, special boy. You buy uh, for pasta at uh, five ninety nine. <laughs> on, on that note. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <clears throat> sorry. Carry on a bit. <laughs> oh wow! All he's on, he's like, how many glasses is that now? How many bloody laps have we had yet? Continue. Oh, wait, wait. So, Hulkenberg is now in fourteens. He's pitted. He's in fourteens. So I'm just going to keep you updated on where Hulkenberg is on this race. Lap thirty-three. Ricardo is fifty-four seconds behind the leaders. And Ricardo's in third, and he's he's fifty four seconds behind Hamilton and Verstappen. That's just like it's incredible. The uh, the leaders have lapped Vettel, who is currently in tenth. So that's that's where we are. And then Grosjean gets the black and white flag for exceeding track limits. Shock horror! Grosjean exceeds <laughs> track limits. <laughs> Who would have thought Grosjean would ever exceed a track uh, limit? I was of uh, of the twenty the... drivers on that grid, there's no way I would have thought Grosjean <laughs> first. I was uh, pushing too hard, you know, and I tried uh, to get around the corner. Uh, uh, sometimes I'll go into Cockney uh, for a laugh, mate. Uh, it, it, it did not work very well. <laughs> By the way, for our listeners, Will has officially got drunk eyes now. And I, I've never seen Will drunk before, but I, you, you know when, you're, when your husband, your partner gets drunk and you go, oh, oh no, it's happened, right? And you think, oh dear, here we go. I feel like that with Will now. My See normal it. personality. I'm sorry if you guys can't handle this level of like quality impressions, but you know, there it is. Hulkenberg watch, lap 36, he's now in 12th. 12th. Working his way up into them points. Result, Hulkenberg, I was loving this. Um, so I was keeping a, uh, keeping a very close eye on Hulkenberg. Ricardo and Perez fighting for the podium. Uh, Ricardo was 15 seconds ahead of Perez, but Perez was on fresher tyres and was starting to catch him. Um, and we're going to lap 40. Hulkenberg well, yes. is in. Cut, cut, cut. Let's skip through. Because nothing happened for... Nothing. Literally nothing happened. Literally nothing. Everyone stayed. Same positions. They just sat there on the grid, yeah. waiting. I, I think we had a Vettel spin. Yeah, wh- which wasn't shown on TV. Yeah, and we were just like, oh, no. kind of lost. Third strike, time, F1 director. Yeah. Three strikes in one race. Get a very right. angry email. Yeah. So, lap <laughs> four. Will. Yeah, Will Maitland at makes video. <laughs> he can start immediately. Yeah, literally, please. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so desperate. So in the household of Ollie, we were singing you sing me right around again. And also cursing at the F1 directors. Vettel at this yeah. point, it just starts to go backwards, doesn't he? Um, and lap 42, um, complains of um, front tyre wear. And then cars just start sailing past him. Hulkenberg ends up in ninth. So th- th- this is around when Norris retired, isn't it? Emma, I know you've already just cut that, but uh, that was mid forties. That was crazy. Uh, can I just say, by the way, that was mad. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm sure most of our listeners probably did watch the race, but um, the, the footage they showed when he pulled over and got out the car and did his best Fernando Alonso impression and went and sat in a deck chair. 
Um, they then cut to a shot of the car and there was, I think there was a, on the side panel at, at the rear, there was like a whole section of the car that was sort of black with smoke and smoke was pouring through it. It hadn't, it hadn't melted it yet. It was just somehow seeping through the bodywork and looked like a massive issue for McLaren, which I mean, I know I'm a big fan anyway, but I, I knowing how much effort that team have put into, you know, try and get their cars competitive this year. It is a bit worrying, actually. Um, um, you know, they seem to know what they're doing, so hopefully they'll have things fixed for uh, for Portugal. But that that did seem yeah. like a bit of a, what, a worrying. Why point. did Why did he retire in the end? I was too busy making a, a Hulkenberg graphic at this point. His his power cut out, so all the power issues that he was complaining about in sort of lap twenty ish, um, twenty six it was. He was complaining about losing power, and they thought it was a sensor issue, so they were asking him to change lots of different things on the steering wheel. The power actually literally just cut out. The car just went into anti-stall and just lost all power. And he just ended up going off track and it uh, he just binned it. It was hard. Um, it really, really was. But the, the, yeah, as Will says, there was a part of the car that was like, it was almost like smoldering, wasn't it? It was like literally about to go up in flames. Um, so that brought out the safety car. Which didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen, but the reason for it was because they thought the car was going to catch fire. Oh, okay. So they had to bring out the safety car. Um, and then that led to loads of drivers in going straight into the pits. Um, you had Ricardo, Sainz, Hamilton, Verstappen. Perez stayed out. That was that, that was the point it when, was, um, in the, it, when we were watching the chat and you said that you reckoned they brought the safety car out f- just to kind of spice the race up a bit because, you know, we needed some some drama going on. But actually, it's a really interesting point you brought up there. And I didn't, I, I saw it smouldering. That makes more sense now that they thought it was going to catch on fire rather than, yeah. oh, let's make it a bit different, lads. Come on. Yeah, Will, don't make me sound awful here. I, I wasn't conspiracy theorying. I just hadn't paid attention to the car on fire. No, no, I'm not making you sound awful. It's a perfectly legitimate point. I would have agreed. Johnny's thinking, just shut up so I can go and put it on bloody now, you lot. <laughs> Jesus Christ, give it up. I've heard enough. Matt's getting a tattoo. Just just yeah, shut up. Let's go. It. Um, that's it. The podcast was so over safety car. five minutes for me. Yeah, I can't lie. I... I, I I thought I got so, so, so excited that this was going to revitalise the race and provide a whole new lease of life to it, but it, no, it didn't really it change didn't. the whole lot. The, the safety car was out for quite a long time. Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg check, he was up to eight. So he was yes! well in the point the by this point. <laughs> he was already in like, what, 17th in the championship with only yep. one race under his belt. He had four teams in Alfa Romeo and Williams combined, and now he's in... Did you just say eight? And he, and he yeah. doesn't officially have a seat. I mean, what the heck is this season turning out to be? Well, that's, that's a good point, because neither does Perez. Perez doesn't officially have a seat for next year. Neither does Hulkenberg. And the both of them are like, you know, Hulkenberg's managed to get into the points. Perez is fighting for a podium. And uh, Stroll's nowhere to be seen. It was bloody good fun. They should get rid of Stroll permanently. It was much better this way. I preferred it. I was, just, I was just trying to make Emma happy with that comment. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a good battle with Ricardo and um, Perez towards the end. I, I, I thought Ricardo did a sterling job. I thought, um, yeah. to be fair, Perez did too. Lap 57, Hamilton was ahead by 2.3 seconds. So we knew by that point he sort of had this win. 
in the bag. He had one arm out the um, window. He was yeah. lifted his visor. He was waving to the two thousand fans that they had. He was uh, in autopilot. Who are the best fans? Can we just clarify that? Because uh, this week Hamilton it's the German fans. The best this fans. week, this week the German yeah. ones. Yeah. Hamilton then set the fastest lap. I was like, oh. Yeah, long. but yeah, not for long. Not for long. <laughs> it was Max Verstappen. Ooh, on the last lap. So he, on the very last lap, he got fastest lap and it was a, a new lap record as Brilliant. well. That was literally Brilliant. pretty much the only note I made of the whole race was how... Um, how once again it was uh, a sign a sign of the times that Verstappen with the let's be honest uh, lesser lesser uh, lesser car um, and uh, you know and and not necessarily such a good team setup still managed to uh, put in an, inc- I mean, an incredible lap uh, you know on a on a day when realistically he was going to get a second he didn't need you know, he didn't need to get the extra championship point for heaven's sake. He's, he's not going to catch Lewis in any realistic terms. Um, but he, he was like, nah, stuff this. I'm going to prove, you know, I'm going to show everybody again why I'm here and why people have put such confidence in me. I'm not a big Verstappen fan, but I am sounding like it. Can I, I, I need to drink more. Can I just tell you what the difference was in the lap time? So Lewis's best lap was 128.145. Max Verstappen's best lap was 128.139. So it was, there was nothing in it. Conspiracy theory. The reason that Lando went out, he was emailing a a, a command document to Max's computer in the race wheel with a version of uh, scenario seven uh, encrypted into the code. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. Let's rate the race out of 10 um, of how you thought it was. Johnny, um, you're going to do it last just based on what we've said, by the way. Um, (laughs) Why not? Um, Emma. Fair enough. Out of 10, what was the rates for you? I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Okay, I'll give it, I'll give it, I, I would say it was a 7.5. Um, that's very specific, but I expected more, more than it was, but uh, it didn't really necessarily deliver. I would say a good 7.5. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you agree with what I say. That is fantastic to hear, Johnny. What would you say based on what we've said? Your review would be, and if you can actually make an accurate assessment of what we've said, then you're a better man than I am. <laughs> well, I, I'd say it's taken us uh, three forty-minute sessions to go through thirty laps. So just from that, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a starting point of five. Then you said it was a couple of boring laps, so that. Mm-hmm, Six and a half. Uh, the half point is for Danny Rick finally getting on that podium. Um, and, and five of the points is for, for Matt freaking getting that tattoo. I can't wait. Um, last but not least, what's the driver of the day? Um, Johnny, again, you're going to be included with this. Emma, driver of the day? Daniel Ricardo. Without a doubt. That was a waste of five seconds of my life asking you that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say driver of the day for me is Danny Rick. <laughs> There's no one else. Well, a bit of an odd one. Well, not really. I'm going to go Max Verstappen. Not somebody I would have usually chosen, but there is. I, I would have said Will. I've, I would have said he was my least driver of the day. I, I don't think he... I really didn't see much from Max today. Um, Johnny, I know you haven't seen the race. Who was your driver yeah, of the day? I, I, uh, I haven't seen the race, but I just pulled up the final results. I'm going to go with P9 and P10, Roman Groshan and Antonio Giovinazzi. Freaking is- in the points, both of them. What the bleep and bleep. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. I didn't see the race, and I'm sure Groshan went through plenty of gullies, but he's in the points for the first time in, what, a decade. So, brilliant. Brilliant. I'm I, think there's a, I think there's a couple of things that do need to be mentioned here as well. I mean, Nico Hulkenberg, for a start, Man. finished in P8 oh, after starting from P20. Can I change? And... Yeah, you want to change your driver we, of the day? Can we record that segment again? Because I, I actually agree on all, with all of I don't know why I said just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, you're such a great person that you've reminded me that Hulkenberg was actually definitely my man of the day. I mean, 100%. Um, Ricardo was great, but he wasn't. It was a hell of a show from um, Hulkenberg the whole weekend. So, yeah, Hulkenberg is my driver of the day. Um, <laughs> Will, you've just changed your mind as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to, funnily enough, I'm going to have to actually agree with Johnny. I, I would say Grosjean was my driver of the day because we've seen, you know, bad luck from him for the, you know, for the last, arguably the last couple of seasons and managing to get to P9 and most importantly, maintain it against, you know, arguably drivers with potentially better cars or at least better skill levels. Um, yeah, fair play to the lad. I'm going to leave you with, with this on this sort of race review. We'll go through the, the final standings in a minute. But the next time that anyone says Grosjean and Giovinazzi were their joint driver of the day, I will get a tattoo. <laughs> oh my, mate, Brilliant. this is stupid. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But it has to be legit, okay? It has to be serious. It can't just be uh, taking the mick. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely serious. Uh, 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma, do you have the, the final standings? I certainly do. Um... So the final race results, we had first place Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo, Perez in fourth, Sainz fifth, Gasly sixth, Leclerc seventh, Hulkenberg got his points in eighth, then Grosjean, Giovinazzi. Vettel finished out the points in P11, followed by Raikkonen, then Magnussen, Latifi and Kvyat. And then we had... The uh, four retirements, five retirements, sorry, Norris, Albon, Ocon, Bottas and Russell. But the midfield, can I just say the midfield is really spicing up in the um, driver and constructor standings. Um, Daniel Ricciardo is now in fourth in the driver standings um, and 10 points behind him in fifth is Perez. And then behind Perez, you've got Norris. Um, who's on 65, Albon's on 64, and Leclerc's on 63. Um, so there's, there's, it's all to play for going forward now. And then even in the constructors, you've got, I mean, Mercedes are like on 391 points. That's just impossible to catch. But you've got Racing Point in third on 120, McLaren in fourth on 116, Renault in fifth and 114. And then you've got Ferrari on 80. So it's the midfield is really, really spicing up. Oh, I totally agree. When I um, made a video ages ago before I joined you guys trying to encourage people to watch F1, one of the points I specifically made was the midfield battle this year is going to be incredible. I couldn't have seen it would it would be this tight, really. I mean, we saw McLaren dominating in the early stages, then then racing point, and now Renault have like rem- reminded everybody that they're not so bad. So it's great. This is just you know really good news for fans. It, it, Will, that's the, that video was the reason that we actually hired you. Uh, it was a brilliant video, really well done. I, I bloody loved it. Um, I've just noticed. Max Verstappen is only fourteen points in the championship behind Bottas now. So it. it 
P two is up for contention, if you ask me. Um, it, that's not that's not unachievable. Um, and the last observation that I've had is Hulkenberg's position in the drivers' championship. He is now fifteenth in the drivers' championship. He is ahead of Giovinazzi, Raikkonen, Grosjean, Magnussen, Latifi, and Russell. He has with, more points than one and a half race. Yeah, he's got more points than Haas and Alfa Romeo put together, if my maths is correct. If only he could have done that when he had a seat. <laughs> True. But can, can, we not, can we not forget as well, this um, was a, a career-defining win for Lewis Hamilton. Oh, Emma, you've killed my outro. That was I couldn't wait to say it. But go on. I'm, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was literally sitting here waiting for the perfect moment to tell everyone about my why I got emotional today. But it was. You're absolutely right. For those that don't know. I'll let you say it because no, you're, you're like his biggest fan. No, I'm, I'm not nicking that. You, you started it. You end it. All right. I'll nick it from <laughs> both of you. <laughs> go on, well, go Johnny's on. actually walked off. <laughs> Johnny can't be bothered with this. He's like, oh, for God's sake, more Mercedes. Rubbish. It's not Hass, I'm not interested. Yes. Uh, yeah, this was Lewis Hamilton's 91st victory, uh, and he equals Michael Schumacher's uh, amazing record, which is, which is an, an incredible feat. Um, and uh, one of the nicest scenes, uh, I don't know if you're about to talk about this, Ollie, but was when uh, at the end of the race, uh, after his interview, uh, Mick Schumacher, uh, Michael's son, came and presented Lewis with one of Michael's uh, old old Mercedes helmets. Um, and I thought, actually, that was such a nice touch. Lewis, to me, proved exactly why he, he is such a, a world champion. He was really respectful about it. He seemed to be really genuinely touched um, and, uh, and, and completely unarrogant. I mean, really aware of what, what he'd achieved, but also of, of the person who had set the record before him. So a really nice moment. I thought that's, you know, that's, that's what F1 should be about. And so on that Fair note, point. thank you for listening. It's, um, it's been fun. Thank you for joining me, Will. Thank you for getting drunk on the podcast. You do look like you're about to fall off your chair now. <laughs> that's just the colour of my cheeks. Please, 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 please do not tell my parents. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, Johnny, your patience is listening to us try and explain this race has been impeccable. Get yourself a beer and go and watch the damn race. And um, probably the worst one yet to have not seen it. Um, but I'm so happy I guessed it right. And thank you for the brilliant, brilliant uh, recount- recounting of it. And let me just pluck something. We opened on Monday our very own Formula Nerds shop with... Get that merch! Yeah, get it. We have t-shirts, we have mugs, we have hats, we have mouse pads. Phone covers, if you are inclined to drop your phone, which I am, uh, we have coffee mugs, hoodies for that brisk, brisk fall coming up. Um, every time you purchase something there, we get a little something to keep going with brilliant content and sending Will into the field to kick over cans or push his brother into a pool or whatever we think or, of doing. Or <laughs> abuse the local wildlife, however it seems <laughs> fit for a video. <laughs> whatever it may be. This was a long outro. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening. It's always a pleasure coming on here and talking about something that we all love. Um, I love being a bit silly on this podcast it's uh, it's great it's a good laugh and we all get to talk about uh, Formula 1 which is even better we'll be back next week with a with a general summary because there's no race but until then peace out one love take care guys
Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Johnny. I knew he had something coming. Brilliant. Sports Social Podcast Network.